Hello, everybody. Welcome to Therapy Dog Talk. My name is Sherry. My pups' names are Sunny and Riley. Each week, we talk with different therapy dog teams and researchers around the world about the impact that they're making in their area. If you're just getting started or not sure where to get started, we have a free guide for you that you can find at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. And we also have a community you can join at community.therapydogtalk.com. I am really looking forward to talking to Bree and Mickey today. We'll get them in here. Hi, Bree. Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great. Thank you. So, Bree, for those who don't know you, would you like to introduce yourself and your pup? Yeah, I have Mickey down here next to me. So, this is Mickey. You can kind of be bottom of his head, but hey. My name's Bree Long, and this is Mickey, and we've been a therapy dog team for like a year and a half about it happened in september 2021 oh so coming up on two years almost yeah that's awesome very cool brie how did you first find out about the role of therapy dog so in my work in being a school psychologist i've always loved dogs i actually wanted to be a vet when I was a kid until I found out of some of the really emotionally difficult things that vets have to go through. So then I went my other route of working with families, helping children and becoming a school psychologist. So after I got my seat wet with a few years of that, I would hear things about therapy dogs in schools. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like combining my two favorite things. That would be perfect. I came across Alliance of Therapy Dogs. I already had two dogs myself and they wouldn't really be the exact matches for therapy dogs which is fine they were great family dogs but i found out that alliance and therapy dogs would bring therapy dogs to your school no charge so i got my principal's consent on it we were going to move forward with talking to the school board and then COVID hit so after that when we went back to work it was more focused on just getting everybody comfortable with being back at school and about a year after going back to school after that, I wanted to get things up and running again. One of my dogs passed away. So then my husband and I talked about, oh, let's get a lab. Labs are perfect. They've got the right temperament. I always grew up being told if you get a rescue dog, you're going to be aggressive from what they've been through. And we got the lab, signed up for it when it was born, but we wanted it to have a friend to grow up the same age with. And I found the Anvil Pad, which is a great organization that you can adopt rescue dogs through. I fell in love with Mickey's picture and profile. We went to meet him. It just went amazing. Adopted him. Well, as I started working with the trainer, I learned he has the perfect temper personality for a therapy dog. And my lab is actually nut. He's a great family dog, but he has so much energy and Mickey's energy is just perfect for it. So I read up on the test. I watched YouTube videos and worked with the trainer. I trained him myself and socialized him. And then we took the canine good citizen test and the therapy dog test. And we passed both the first time. That's awesome. And what's your lab's name? My name's Gunner. Gunner. Okay. And how old is Gunner? Gunner just turned two in March. So we always thought like, oh, after two, the labs calm down. Yeah. And he has a little bit, but for the most part, he just has a really strong play drives and he just always wants to play so yeah and how old is mickey mickey will be three august 24th so coming up okay very cool i have a 
15-year-old dog too. Well, he's almost 15 for a couple months. He's a little teacup Australian shepherd. Yeah, he's in the grump days. So no way therapy dog is in his route. (laughs) Well, I love that you respect what's right for each of them. And I'm sure Gunner and your other pup have their own activities as well. So, Oh, totally. They're great. (laughs) Our family. Yeah. One of my neighbors got a lab puppy that I think it's about the same age as Sunny. She'll be four in August. She's one of my little rescue chihuahuas. And he still is just crazy. (laughs) Who knew? I always thought labs were, you always see labs as therapy dogs. I always thought their temperament is so great. I had one growing up that was super calm, but he comes from the hunting line. So he just wants to play and that's fine. We still love him. Yeah, it totally depends on what characteristics they were pulling out and breeding. And I think a lot of times we see them because of guide dogs. So that's what we picture. But those are bred specifically for that work. So it's a different temperament. Right, exactly. Well, Mickey then, actually, I think we talked about this before, is from the same rescue as my youngest, Riley. Right, that's so cool. I think the person who runs the animal powder, one of the top people, went to high school out here in the area that I live in. I just found out. And yeah, I love the organization. I think I'm always from now on going to adopt from them because I love that they give you a profile, which is how you fell in love with your dog. This is what the dog's like. These are the don'ts. These are the do's. Like they told me Mickey needed a yard. I have an acre. And he does. He roams around. He climbs the rocks. He wants to explore. So it was great. And one of the things they do, which we've talked about on here before, is they work with fosters. So you really get to know their personality through their foster, or you can foster and then just feel when you find the right fit. But that's really how I noticed traits in Riley that I was like, maybe, like, I still don't know. Maybe she will be, maybe she won't be. But the way that I saw her interact and react to things on the fosters page, I was like, oh, she could be a really good candidate. Oh, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. So what did you see in Mickey then that really let you know that he had a good this work? So when we first brought him home and he was only like six months at the time, they guessed because they don't exactly know, but they guessed he was about six months old. Immediately, he was great with my kids. I had taken him to restaurants. I had taken them to my family friend's house because he was fully vaccinated and fixed at that point. So he did not meet a single person or dog that he didn't like. Like my husband and I joke all the time. Yes, he loves us. He's attached to me, but he would probably go home with anyone that wanted to take him home. He is just so friendly. My kids at the time were three and four. So they were kind of at that age where some dogs might be nervous around them because they're little and they've got a lot of energy themselves. But that first night that we took my daughter into her little toddler he jumped up in her bed and put her his face right in hers and so gently would just lick her face. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never had a dog this patient with kids before. When I worked with the trainer and asked her about it, like, do you think she could do this? I thought my lab, but do you think him? And she's like, absolutely. So it was just a matter of teaching him the obedience commands. But other than that, socializing him was a breeze. And he just constantly wants the love and affection from other people, anyone he meets. So I love that. So you identified that he would be a good fit with your trainer. You got certified. What did the process look like then to start bringing him with you? So 
as I had said, I kind of already had prepped my principal on it. And the elementary school that I worked at, it's a really animal-friendly area. They've got a strong 4-H program at high school. A lot of people have horses themselves. I would say most students have dogs, cats, small pets themselves. So after I talked to my principal, I talked to my special ed director. She was totally on board as well. She said, I'm going to run this by the school board. Then my principal said, you know, let me talk to the superintendent. I drafted a letter to them that kind of background information on why Mickey would be a good the certifications involved and how not all dogs can pass the test. You really have to be the right kind of fit and the right kind of team. And I talked about the insurance we have that would cover us, how much that would cover and the type of programs we would do. Honestly, from there, it was really easy. Everybody was on board. It was pretty simple. And I brought them in to meet the staff. They asked whatever questions they had. I showed them the parent forms that I would be sending home and talked about the programs we would do. From there, I just feel like it has been seamless. Even though I don't work at that school now, I've been taking a break for a year now from school psychology. I still volunteer at that school every week. So it's, I just love it. That's awesome. How has your work changed since bringing Mickey with for school versus bringing him with in volunteer work? Does that change what you do? So when I was actually working at the school, I felt like there was more I could talk to the kids about. And obviously I could call the parents and be like, hey, this happened today when I was working with them. Whereas now if kids bring up certain things, I have to kind of, deter them to talk to their teacher. It's a different dynamic. I don't have the same relationship and the same role. Yeah. Did Mickey come with you when you were working too or only volunteering? Yeah. When I was working too, I did not have him every single day. Before we officially became a team, I joined this really great Facebook group and there's therapy dog teams across the country in there and actually I think even in other countries. And they share the most valuable information about being a therapy dog team, things I wouldn't even think of. One of them was, it's really not good to bring your dog in every single day, unless it's the type of dog that can handle that. I learned Mickey's boundaries by watching his body language. And he's really a twice a week kind of dog. Yeah, that's good that you were able to recognize that. When you were looking at his body language, what really stood out to you to let you know he needs a break? The biggest thing, because not only did I learn as he's a two-day-a-week dog, he's only about a three, maybe four classrooms a day type of dog. He would go to bookshelves or things that had like a little nook underneath, and he would put his nose underneath. So he would never become aggressive with the kids ever. I mean, there's been times where like a kid stepped on his paw. All he did was yell. I mean, didn't try to lunge at the kid, didn't lunge at me. But when he put his head under the bookshelf, I was like, okay, I know my dog. He's telling me something. (laughs) If I can't see you, you can't see me. (laughs) Right, right. It's really cute. Put him and head out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, all right, I see you, Mickey. It's time. (laughs) I love it. I'd love to hear more about some of the animal-assisted activities you do with him. I'm sure you had a lot of ideas as a school psychologist working with him, and then that's probably, I'm guessing, still carried into your volunteer work. What are the, some of the things that you like to do? Yeah, definitely. Being in that group also helped me a lot. They would have ideas and piggyback off of it and incorporate some more like mental health aspects and stuff. My 
favorite activity I do with them. It's called bucket fillers. So there's this book called How Do You Fill the Bucket Today? And the whole concept is we all have invisible buckets inside of us and we either fill or empty out each other's buckets based on what we say and do to each other. So when we say and do nice things, we're filling up each other's buckets and we feel the love and everybody is happy around us. But if we're bullying others or saying unkind things, ignoring them, the buckets tip out and we don't really feel very good inside. And that's as the person doing that to someone bullying or saying things, it dumps out our bucket too and just talks about being a community bucket filler. So we read the story. We talk about what does it look and feel like when we have a full bucket, an empty bucket? What are some things we can say to each other to fill each other's bucket? And then we do exactly that. I call one table at a time to walk around and they have to say something kind to someone in their class. And I tell them it can't be your best friend. So you're going to have to come out of your box and find someone. Maybe you think had a rough day or roughly somebody you don't really talk to and say something kind. Then Mickey holds, I taught him to hold a bucket in his mouth (laughs) and they come up a line of table at a time and they drop a pom-pom into his So that one's my favorite activity. I also have one. I kind of end the year with either goal setting activity where we talk about what are some goals you have for next school year in class and at home. These are Mickey's goals. I want to train him to roll over or I want to train him to get better about not jumping up all the time outside of school. Then we talk about what their goals are. Or the one I ended this year was like a summer writing activity. I had the teacher print out Photoshop faces that I took of him and the students glued on their paper and they draw kind of like a fantasy of what he should do over summer. So some kids will draw him like surfing on a surfboard. So it's kind of having them be creative. And if they are the age where they can write, they write a little story about it. I also have ones where they read to Mickey in a group because he's not judging them based on their reading. He'll put his paw on a book sometimes. It's really cute. That's very cute. It sounds like you have a lot of great ideas. What was the Facebook group that you found to be so helpful? I know there's several of them. I think it's a private one. So I think it's one of those ones where someone has to invite you. So if you're not in it, I'll totally invite you. <laughs> but I think it's called Therapy Dogs or Therapy Dog Teams. I don't know why okay. I can't remember it. but Okay. Yeah, I was curious if it's the School Therapy Dogs one or a different one. That's the one, School Therapy okay. Dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I am in there. Someone brought me in at some point because I talked to so many school therapy doctors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's been so beneficial. Honestly, that has been my greatest resource of them all is that group and learning about how the canine good citizen test is really similar to the therapy dog test and what part of the test is the hardest and to really work on. So I've loved it. Yeah, I see that advice a lot. And it's something I share too is if you're not sure if your dog will be a great therapy dog, but you want to work towards it, Work towards CGC because worst case scenario, you have a well-trained dog. (laughs) So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. What other advice do you have for someone who wants to be a therapy dog team? So I get asked this a lot, which is actually my goal of why I'm still doing this. I'm such a strong believer in the benefits that come out of bringing therapy dogs into schools. I mean, I tell the teachers to purposely pick kids that don't talk to each other on the playground all the time or kids having a rough time and kids that are outgoing to be in groups together so that they can bring each other out of their shell, laugh about Mickey, share about their chance. But I think 
the biggest advice that I always give to them is, as we had talked about, focus on the CGC. That's really going to get you to where you're ready for the therapy dunk test, but also socialize. You're going to be able to see, does your dog actually have people out there that they don't want to be around? Go to a dog park, dog beach, Home Depot, dog-friendly restaurants. Does your dog want to be socialized like that? Then work on the ones that are difficult for them. For example, on the therapy dog test, they have to walk through a crowd of people. Some people have walkers, wheelchairs, and make sure that they're comfortable in that kind of setting. Because what I've learned from that group is you can't force a dog to be a therapy dog. Even Mm -hmm. if you think you have this perfect lab that's supposed to be great at it, (laughs) it's their call. Yeah, yeah. And for some animals, it takes longer than others, too. It could be like three years from now, all of a sudden, Gunner's like in a good temperament space to be a therapy dog. Maybe not. Maybe you will be. But I think it's just so important to respect where they're at and what they're suited for. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, I've learned from the group is... Don't give up on your dog. If your dog is such a happy dog who loves everyone, but they're high energy, give it time. Let them get older. Let them acclimate. Like you said, Gunner could be ready to go at five, but he is now. (laughs) Yeah. It's something I've heard happen often with doodles and also with labs is that they just need more time because they just have so much energy. Right. Yeah, I can totally see that. Brie, do you have a story to share that's a good example of why you enjoy doing this work? Yeah, my favorite story that I just love sharing is I had four moderate to severe SDC classrooms on my campus. So for those who aren't familiar with what those kinds of classrooms look like, it's your students that have the highest amount of needs. So these students may be nonverbal, they do not speak. They might be in wheelchairs. They might have leg braces. They have one-to-one aids. They need a lot of support at school. So I loved going to those classrooms and seeing those kids light up because I feel like some of their homes, they just require so much themselves that their parents don't have anything to give to a dog or a cat in their house. So when Mickey would come in, they would just relax with him and seeing the way Mickey would relax with them too, like it was reciprocated, was amazing. There was one girl who she spent the majority of her day in her wheelchair. Sometimes they would bring her out to relax on the floor. And she also did not speak. Well, they put her on the floor to meet Mickey for the first time. And she was also mostly blind. And he crawled right into her lap, laid his head down, and she was stroking his ear in his head just so calmly and he fell asleep in her lap it was amazing i'm like this is why i do what i do this is why i bring mickey in yeah yeah it sounds like he has a really special bond oh yeah yeah i mean he loves all the students even the high energy ones the ones who might have adhd or a lot of sensory needs they can lay with him face to face and he just falls asleep and they just like his body next to theirs. I don't know. It's just some kind of comfort. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Well, Brie, is there anything else that you wanted to share while you're here today? My goal, like I said, of continuing to do this, I really want to spread awareness on the benefits of therapy dog teams in schools. I've read about some states where it's literally a requirement at the school. They have multiple therapy dog teams through there switching every single day. I mean, that would be a dream of mine to have most schools look like that in the future. So anybody who wants to come to me with questions, 
advice, resources. I am totally open to that. That's why I have my page. So I'm here. That's awesome. I think one of my favorite things about being in that school therapy dogs group actually is everyone posting their yearbook photos of their dog. And Yes, I love that. I was so excited when Mickey and I could get our yearbook picture that year. People kept sending me that meme where it's like, oh my gosh, you have to do this with Mickey. Yeah. It's the service dog getting its picture taken. And I'm like, okay, I have to make that happen. So my prince were being totally on board and loving Mickey was like, we're going to make this happen. It's so cute. I know you sent yours when you were sending photos for this, but yeah, I just love it. Dogs and beer, like every year, like these top. And oh, yeah, who's not going to be happy when they're flipping through a yearbook and they see a smiling dog? Totally. Yeah. Just like happy when they see them in the school. So yeah. it's awesome that the kids that are there, those years that he's in the book, will get to remember him for as long as they have those books and probably longer. But oh, yeah. Yeah. I hope we leave that kind of impact. That's also my goal. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you are to me. Awesome. Well, Brie, if people want to continue to follow you and Mickey, where can they find you? We are at Mickey.thetherapydog. Okay. So open to messages on there. Definitely willing to send emails with resources and information. I would definitely encourage people if they think they have this sort of dog to watch YouTube videos about how to train each dog needs to be trained differently. So there's all kinds of methods and YouTube videos have been great for us. Definitely recommend. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bray. It was really great getting to know you and Mickey and hearing about the work that you two do. Thank you, Sherry. This was so great. Thanks so um, much. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.